0: We're going to turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for this word that you have entrusted into our hands. This precious word of God, which is more costly than gold, This precious word of God that has been given to those who seek this treasure. Father, I thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given to us, this morning hour, where we can hear from you once more. I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against the hearts, minds, and bodies of the people. I bind them in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you will magnify Jesus once more in our midst. May the eyes of the understanding of the people be opened at this hour. Let the ears, O oh Lord, be opened to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit at this hour every hindrance that the enemy is bringing and is trying to bring and has brought be broken at this hour in Jesus name I thank you Holy Spirit for what you're going to do in our midst of this hour Lord I pray that you will take the sledgehammer of the Holy Spirit and break Every force of this hard rock that I'm seeing right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, may the sledgehammer of the Holy Spirit descend upon us right now in Jesus' name. Break the areas that need to be broken right now in Jesus' name in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every place that you see hardness of God, I pray in the name of Jesus, let it become flattened in the name of Jesus. Let it be flattened by the power of the Holy Spirit at this hour in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Wherever Wherever there is hardness of heart, wherever there is hardness of heart, wherever there is hardness of heart, wherever there is Hardness of heart May the sledgehammer of the Lord Jesus Christ Descend upon those areas In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth In the name of Jesus Wherever there is tightening In the spirit of your people Do not yield to the working of the Holy Spirit I loosen those areas In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Thank you Father that the flood of the Holy Spirit may flood their soul, their spirits and their bodies at this hour. That each one may become recipients of what God has for them at this hour. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father. Let no one remain as a rock. It gets hit with water, with nothing going in. Thank you, Father soften every heart in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth dissolve every unbelief in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth may the work that God wants to do in our midst of this hour may that be accomplished in Jesus name may I sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon every heart every mind every ear every conscience that is present here this morning let your kingdom be manifested in the midst of your people. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm led by the Spirit of God to read Romans chapter 1. So we're going to read the entire chapter first. And then God will speak to us from this chapter. Please pay very close attention to what the Spirit of God is going to speak to us at this hour. Romans chapter 1, verse 1 onwards. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets. In the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. I want to read verses 1 to 4. You have so much in just verse 1 you have so much in just verse 2 each verse has so much packed in I'm just going to read one more time as the Holy Spirit wants us to pay close attention Paul a bond servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle separated to the gospel of God verse 1, you see three distinct work of God taking place here in the life of Apostle Paul. The blood that Jesus paid for him and the price that Christ paid and bought Paul unto himself now there is a work of Christ that not only that has begun, that has been working, but has done a glorious work in Him where Paul, the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, also paid a price. He was not someone who set himself up for some work of God. He was not a self-appointed self-called, self-established, self-made apostle. Ministry has to be initiated by God. A minister has to be called of God. When that happens, the seal of God rests upon them. When that happens, God himself takes responsibility for them. When that happens, there's a covenant between the servant of God and God that takes place in a very unique manner. When that happens, they become accountable to God. When that happens, God takes full responsibility for them in every way. When that is misused, they will be judged by God. Before whom they send, so it's a great responsibility which comes with a great price which carries a great call. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, first and foremost, secondly, he was called to be an apostle. so there is a calling of God. When we go uh, to our next semester LTS, Lord willing, I'll be teaching on the fivefold ministry. God has ordained for the church, the offices, God is appointed. Paul was called to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we are called unto God, we cannot enter into the call of God unless we are separated unto God to do His work. If we are not separated unto God to do His work, then we cannot fulfill the call of God we are not fit to serve God so there are certain things that we will have to give up I said this before once through the spirit of God that if a person is elected to become the president of the United States they have to leave where they are living and they have to go and live in that white house they have to leave their hometown they may become from a, a little town all of a sudden, they have to go here. Nobody's going to be crying over it because this is what they wanted. Now, when that has been given, they have to leave and they have to go to where they need to go. They can be going to the usual places they went, they can be going to the usual houses they went to as they did before. Everything changes. When the call of God comes, those who value that call of God will make that separation where they need to, will draw the line where they need to, will dive into that call that God has for them and leaving everything behind. If that separation is not there, We cannot enter into that call. It's not just we cannot stay, we cannot even enter into the call. If the separation is not there, we will forfeit that call. Many are called, Jesus said, few are chosen. Few are chosen. How are they chosen? They are chosen based on the response to the call of God. Each person who responds to the call of God are chosen based on their response to God's call. Paul was, was Paul was someone who understood the call, who paid the full price. He counted everything, everything, including that which was profitable for him, which was not sinful, or whatever stood in the way, including that which was considered okay to be he counted everything as dung. the Bible says everything is garbage so that he can enter into that call stay in that call and fulfill that call God is speaking to our hearts at this hour if you think inheriting heaven is too costly you will inherit hell We need to have a good understanding of who we are and where the call is coming from and what we are called to and what we are called for. When a clear understanding is there, we will be smart enough to leave everything behind so that we can press forward. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts at this hour. What did he go after? that which was promised already. Not everybody inherit everything that has been promised by God for them. Each person has a unique package, a unique blueprint that God has. But not everyone, not every believer, not everyone who says, oh Lord, Lord, actually inherits or receives or walks into that which God has for them. But Apostle Paul was different. That's why he had the great privilege of writing, being an instrument in the hands of God, being a conduit of the Holy Spirit, to write a major portion of the New Testament, which is God's Word. It carried the breath of God. It carries the breath of God. Imagine how powerful. He was. In order to be that powerful, imagine to what extent he emptied himself. He became zero. That means he threw out everything that shouldn't be there so that he can fully get filled by God. Everything. Which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. That's the, the natural birth. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. That's the spirit of God. that formed him in Mary's womb. And declared to be the son of God with the power according to the spirit of Holiness and that spirit that formed him in Mary's womb is a spirit of holiness. That same spirit of God who formed Jesus in Mary's womb, the spirit of holiness, is forming Christ in every single person's heart. And what spirit? Is forming Jesus in our hearts. The spirit of holiness. That's why God's word says, let all those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. It's very important. If we say the spirit of God is working in us, if we say that we're born of the spirit of God, I'm born again, I'm born of the spirit of God, then the seed of Christ should be working in us, not the seed of the serpent. The spirit of holiness should be working in us, not the unholy spirit of Lucifer. And who is responsible for that? Who is responsible to activate and deactivate de- what is working in us? You. You. You and I. In our bodies and our minds and our wills, we have the ability to activate or deactivate whatever we want to work in us. If you want the Spirit of Holiness to work in us, the Spirit of God to work in us, the Seed of Christ to work in you, then that's what you should feed. That's what you should grow. That's what you should focus on. In order for that to happen, you need to deactivate everything that is from Lucifer. No part with Satan. No part with Satan. You cannot drink from the cup of God and drink from the cup of Satan, the Bible says. You cannot do that. You cannot have fresh water and polluted water come from the same spring. It doesn't happen that way. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of holiness. So what kind of fruit will the Holy Spirit produce? Holy fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. And people say, I love God, I love God, I love God. The smoking and drinking and doing drugs and, and fornication, adultery, lying, slandering, envying, gossiping. We have to stop at the point. We have to ask ourselves this question Who is working inside me at this point? If the works of the flesh are evident, if the works of the flesh are evident, who is working inside of you? Definitely not the Holy Spirit. So what Spirit is working inside of you is something that you have to face. What Spirit is working inside of you? If you're an angry person, what Spirit is working inside of you? If you're a jealous person, what Spirit is working inside of you? If you're an immoral person, what spirit is working inside of you? If you're a lying person, what spirit is working inside of you? If you're a covetous person, what spirit is working inside of you? What spirit? You have to deal with it. Definitely not the Holy Spirit. And the manifestation is definitely not the fruit of the Spirit. What is it? You have to deal with the root of it and expel it out of your spirit. Because it comes from your heart, Jesus said. Out of the heart proceeds all evil things, if evil is inside. Out of the heart proceeds all good things, if good is inside. What kind of a spirit is inside of you? Is the spirit of God the spirit of holiness? Through Him, verse 5, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name. This is where His call came from. It came from the Spirit of God, the Spirit of holiness who called Him. When He called, you know what He did? Apostle Paul? He left everything and followed Jesus. That's why He became great apostle he had become this great apostle to just do signs and wonders and become a superstar with the power of God in his body his body was broken down beyond measure with such power in his body people got healed even from the handkerchiefs of Paul his body was beaten, repeatedly beaten, broken down. His mighty, mighty apostle of God was not rescued by an angel. So according to the plan of God, he had to hold onto a piece of wood and go through that water, cold water, and get to the other side to go and testify to the one testify of the one who called him. He never once cried about the suffering that he went through. He counted it as an honor, as a privilege. This is real, real ministry and a real ministry of God. Ministry, real ministry is not glamour. I've said this many, many times. Those who've been with us for six years, seven years, eight years, nine years, ten years, and beyond, would have heard this many times. Ministry is not glamour. Ministry is called to suffer and called to die, called to represent God Almighty. Only then the power of God will flow. It comes with a cost. We need to have the character to take up that mantle and have the character to walk that path because God will walk with us. Verse 6 Among whom you also are the called. Of Jesus Christ. Not with the same call. Everybody has a different call. He's saying each one is called. And you're also called. Of Jesus Christ. Through the same Holy Spirit. Spirit of holiness. To all who are in Rome. Beloved of God. Called to be saints. What are we called? Everyone before the five-fold ministry comes, what are we called first and foremost? Called to be saints. Sanctified people. Stay sanctified. Sanctified people, stay sanctified. Those are saints. Now to them, he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to such people. For what? To walk in the call of God and peace from God Almighty. No matter what you go through, the peace of God will rest upon you. I've said this before. Those who have the anointing of God, when they say even God bless you, it's not an ordinary God bless you when they say it. If you're worthy to receive it, and if you receive it, it will stay on you. When Apostle Paul says grace to you, it's imparting grace. When he says peace to you, it's releasing peace upon them. Jesus said this to his disciples who are trained by him, anointed by him. That's why their peace to you and peace rest upon you, peace be with you, is very different from someone who just goes to the synagogue and says, peace be to you. There are a lot of people who say you hear very common in the Middle East peace be upon you when everybody says peace whoever says peace you think peace rests upon everybody no but those who have peace those who have peace those who have have been given by God to transfer that peace When they say it, it actually goes from them to the next person. And Jesus said this to his disciples. He knew that they were going to become apostles after receiving the power of God. And he said, When you go to a house, you say peace. When he anointed them, Jesus, before sending them out, while he was there, he gave that training. So they had a temporary power before they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. More like field work he gave while he was there. He gave them that temporary power and he said, go do this. And he did exactly what Jesus told them to do. Carry what you have to carry, don't carry what you shouldn't carry. Say what you should say and do what you should do. And amongst all the instruction he gave, this was one important thing that Jesus said. When you go to a house, you pronounce peace. If people in their house, if they are worthy of that peace, then the peace will rest upon them. If they are not worthy of that peace, then the peace will come right back to you. It's like a mailman takes the package and if the package is refused I refuse delivery I don't want this package what happens he takes the package back only in this case it's different because the servant of God carries that piece he doesn't go and hand it somewhere else that piece will go to the next person that the servant of God goes and releases it. It is very important for us to understand the value of benediction. Sometimes people think, oh, message is over so I can get up and go, I don't have to be there for benediction. Every time a benediction is pronounced, every time, the blessing is pronounced. If you want to receive it, you should stay. Because it will rest upon you, it will come to you when it's released. Benediction is not something to show that the service is ended. It's not like the end for the story. Benediction is a blessing that comes from God. And the prayer before that that comes from God and every time the servant of God prays it, says that. I bless these people with a blessing that you alone can bless them with and a whole bunch of things that the Holy Spirit releases through the servant of God upon the people at that time. Those who are worthy of it, that means those who believe and those who say, Lord, I want it, I receive it, will receive it. Sincerely looking for it. Not to get that and play games and abuse it. But those who are sincerely looking for it will receive it. Those who don't receive it, that peace that was released will come right back to the servant of God. So you see that, that peace or the blessing or whatever the servant of God releases through the Spirit of God is transferable and when you don't receive it, it comes right back to them. This verse seven is very important. This Apostle Paul releases this grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in his writing, very important. Through the writing, there's a transfer that takes place. You can just read it and You can just read it and just gloss over it. You won't receive a thing from it. Every word that comes from a servant of God is very important to pay attention and to become a recipient of what God releases. First, I thank God, verse 8, my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. What a testimony. What a joy for Apostle Paul in the midst of such hardship that he was going through. The greatest joy for him is to see that his sacrifice, that his labor in the Lord is not in vain, that it is bearing fruit. That the faith is spoken of throughout the world. What is that faith? Active faith. What is that faith? Genuine faith. What is that faith? Visible faith. We've heard about faith many times in our church. Faith will walk, faith will talk. Faith can see, faith can hear. So this faith is witnessed by a lot of people throughout the whole world. That means there could have been a lot of people who were doing business, who were traveling, wherever they went, people witnessed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's thanking God, thanking God. He's expressing that here. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing, I mention, I make mention of you always in my prayers. So he's saying, Apostle Paul here, that before God, he's praying night and day for these people, without ceasing, without stopping, and bringing you up before God Almighty. and I know why their faith was so strong with these people. Apostle Paul, the great apostle, is taking these people before God again and again and again and again and again. See, sowing the seed is important but if you don't water it, it will die. And Apostle Paul is watering these people. Their souls through his tears before God Almighty. Making requests if by some means. Now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. You see how he places emphasis on the will of God. Hey, I'm the great apostle and I know when to come and I want when to go and I'll do what I want and whatever is important for me no you can't be an apostle of God at that point someone is following the devil but apostle Paul was a man who was full of God and zero of himself so whatever he did he did only what God called him to and led him to so he says, this is what I want, but the will of God is there. I know I'll come and see you. God's timing is there. For I long to see you that I may import to you some spiritual gifts so that you may be established. This verse is very critical, verse 11. Why is the Apostle Paul longing to see them? Why does the Apostle Paul want to see them? What is the reason behind it? His reason is to give, to give them the spiritual impartation, spiritual gifts, whatever they need. What for? What for? What for? So that they may be rooted and grounded in the truth. So that they may be established in the ways of the living God what was Apostle Paul carrying he was carrying that which the people needed he knew that when I go there I have what I need to give to these people because God has given it into his hands just like how Peter Apostle Peter and Apostle John when they went to that temple when they went to worship God They saw this man, lame man there. And Peter looked straight into his eyes and he said, I don't have what you're looking for, but I have something more to offer to you. I have something more to offer to you. Peter had something that God had given him, which is very substantial. More than what anyone would have given that man. Any sum of money. Which money was unable to give him. Now, Apostle Paul is telling here I'm coming to you. I want to come to you. And the reason is I want to impart to you some spiritual gift, something substantial. so that you may be established. You see the goal? You're doing well, but you need to be established so that you can be stable, so that you can be steady, so that you can bear more fruit. Now you have a good testimony. From good testimony to great testimony. Always remember, testimony comes from suffering. If you don't have a problem, you don't have testimonies. If you want to have great testimonies, you will go through great trials. In order for us to have great testimonies, we need to have great character and great power and great endurance and great strength that comes from the great God we serve. The apostle Paul carried that. He had what the people needed to impart into them. We need to have this understanding. Every time we come to the presence of God, whether it's a morning call, whether it's Tuesday Bible study, whether it's Saturday fasting prayer, mornings. We don't have fasting prayer in the evening. It's morning now. Whether it is Sunday service, wisdom will say it's not worth missing anything because God moves suddenly God moves the servant of God to suddenly release what we need in order for us to be established wisdom says don't fall asleep wisdom says do everything you can to be where God is releasing what you need to be established As we read in the book of Proverbs, Wisdom cries. It calls. Does everyone hear? There are a lot of people who don't hear because they have other sounds that are louder than the voice of wisdom. You can Raise the volume or lower the volume or shut down the volume of everything else that is trying to drown the voice of God. Many people have a control in their hands. Everyone has. Many don't lower the volume of Satan's voice. A few choose to shut it down completely. That you choose to take that and throw it out permanently. But those who let the devil scream will always complain. I can't hear God. I can't hear God. I can't hear God. Why? I'm hearing the devil all the time. Why? Why do you let the devil? speak all the time. You have the dial. You have the switch for that. You can shut it off. Are you turning up? What do you need to turn up? Now you're shutting down. What do you need to shut down? You need to fill yourself with the presence of God. You need to fill yourself with the Word of God. You need to fill yourself with what God is speaking. And raise that up. This voice can go down, but if you want to eliminate that voice totally then you have to shut it down fully. Don't give room to the enemy. Every time you come to the presence of God, when you have this understanding that I'm not here just to sing some songs and to give my tithes and offerings and and say hello to everybody and feel good about myself. I made it to the house of God. Great I'm here, I go home, my Sunday duty is over, that would be a waste of time, waste of gas, if you would have walked, given your body some exercise, that's about it, you tried live streaming, you sat, you heard something, but did you make use of it? Are you sitting in faith to receive? Don't get distracted. Don't give priority to other voices and other noises because it will cancel out what God wants to impart into you. If you take the presence of God seriously, then God will take you seriously to invest into you because it's an investment. Just should see if it's worth investing because it's too precious. What God wants to give is too precious. It's only for those who are thirsty. It's only for those who have come with expectation. Those who come with expectation. It's only for those who have a desire for it. Look at Apostle Paul. Man who was called and took the call of God and ran without looking back and ran with everything that is that was within him, who gave it all for God and who was able to say, I fought the good fight of faith. That's what our life is all about. We have lots of battles to face and we'll have battles every day till we die. Because we are in a spiritual warfare. If anybody would think that I got saved and I'm going to be cruising in a nice cruise ship, you're wrong. We're in this world with the enemy of our soul night and day trying to see how he can derail us. Constantly we'll have battles. If you don't fight, he'll kill you if you don't fight it right, you'll miss some parts. He'll take some things away from you. So you need to know the Word of God. You need to fill yourself with the Word of God. You need to cut things out that needs to be out of your life because it is not a child's play. Spiritual warfare is not a joke. It's life and that It's a matter of life and death. Apostle Paul was able to say that I thought could fight a fate. It's worth fighting. It's worth fighting. It's worth fighting. Understand this. Fighting is not an option. In this world, fighting is not an option. If you don't fight, you will die. If you sleep, in the middle of the warfare, you'll be dead. He was able to say, confidently go. I finished my race. Finished my race. He ran, he ran well, he made it to the finish line. He made it to the finish line. When he started, many he didn't make it to the finish line. They're in hell today. We need to have the awareness, the reality that we are facing every single day. Every single day. Every single day. One thing I ask from God every single day if not several times a day you can even say minute by minute is for God's grace sitting down getting up that's all I ask for God's grace His grace to carry me moment by moment to fulfill the will of God no matter how difficult it may be You know what? He's been faithful. He's been faithful. That's where the character building is. Well, many times the pain doesn't go away. The struggle doesn't cease. But you know what? You accomplish the will of God through all of it. It's what grace does. When you ask and receive, and you don't give up, because you know who he is? You need to keep pushing forward. Eternal life is not for quitters. Victory is not for the faint-hearted. This is serious business. God is speaking to a heart at this hour. Salvation is serious business. It's not like how we see. It's not like how we see in this world where they drink the cup. They drink from the cup of God and then they drink from the cup of demons and they're not even ashamed to even say it. You see this all over. We're living in the last days. We're living in the last few moments where the church at large is being deceived by the deceiver. And the people who are in the pulpit are run by demons. Many churches, many large churches, many small churches. The same devil is there, sending his evil spirits everywhere. Many rehab centers. Christian rehab centers. Many Bible schools, Christian Bible schools are run by the agents of Lucifer, supervised by Lucifer. People are just going towards hell. They live like the pagans the Christian flavor with no regret or remorse for what they're doing you listen to filthy music I listen to filthy music too you dress like the prostitute I dress like the prostitute too you go for homosexual concerts I go too no shame whatsoever sin is at the open drinking sin as river would just take over cities. People are drinking sin. And they are being used as agents of Satan. God says, I'm no more in these churches. You can have week after week baptisms. You can have week after week altar calls. Who wants to receive Jesus in your heart? Raise your hands. Run to the front. Come to the front. Come to the front. Jesus is calling. Who's calling from the pulpit? Lucifer. They all run to the front. Because there's no repentance, you see. You don't have to change a thing. You can just go to the pulpit and say, Lord, I receive you in my heart. I know you died for me on the cross. And I know you have everything for me. It's a me-centered satanic gospel that's not the right gospel the right gospel will say leave what you have right now that's what repentance is turn towards God deny yourself pick up your cross and walk if you want to go to heaven broad is the way that leads to destruction narrow is the way that leads to life a few find it a few find it and amongst the few that find it even fewer than that, will inherit it. We need to know the reality of eternal life because the eternal death is a place where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Where it's a place of eternal torment, eternal sorrow, eternal guilt, eternal hate. If you call this world as hell, it's multiplied by infinity. Where you cannot get out, even if you want to you cannot get out even if you want to it will be a place of eternal regrets because you know the truth no one can say I don't know the truth because they chose not to open their eyes to the living word of God that God has given to us people chose to hear what will satisfy their itching ears awake 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 Oh, sleeper, get up from your sleep. Christ will give you light. If you sleep for some more time, you will sleep yourself to death. Oh, how I long to impart that which God has given me so that you can be established. Do you understand the worth of what you can get when you come to the house of God, Yet many find it okay to miss a Sunday service. It's okay. If you don't hear, it's okay. Well, if you don't value, why should God give you anything at all? Why will He give you? He's not going to. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Take the word of God very seriously take the word of God very seriously because it's a serious matter. It's a very serious matter. One life we have. Only one life we have. Before you know, it will be gone. Then you will have to stand before your maker. You will stand before the living God as a man who stood with that one talent saying that, Lord, I buried this. Because you are a hard man. That's a lie in itself. He had the nerve to go and tell the master that. Put himself under a good light, so to speak, to say that. I was so scared that I did the best thing and and look what I have. I have what you gave me. The master called him a wicked servant. Where did he put him? Jesus didn't say, well, he took the job away from him and so after this he was no longer serving the master. Now, He gave his portion with the unbelievers. He put him in a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. He said, you didn't do your job. What I gave to you, I expected a return from that. Didn't you receive it from me? Didn't you know that? That it's mine? Didn't you know that I gave it to you with an expectation? We must understand that the blood of Jesus is too costly for us to play with. The blood of Jesus is too costly. Wake up to this reality. We ever think that, oh, Jesus died for me and I have this mushy Christianity. He suffered so that you and I can live. He suffered. So that you and I can be healed. He suffered so that you and I can be blessed. Everything comes from His suffering. And we take it lightly. We trash it. We say, I can go and repent again and again and again. That's trampling the blood of the Son of God. It's a big sin. God is speaking to our hearts today. He who endures till the end the same shall be saved said the Lord Jesus Christ he who endures till the end the same shall be saved said the Lord Jesus Christ who? not all those who say Lord, Lord not all those who say well I believe in Jesus your own words will condemn you if you say you believe in Jesus and your actions don't show it you'll be like the fig tree that had leaves and didn't have the fruit in it it's hypocrisy God is speaking to our heart today be real be real you have one life to live be real you have one life to live be genuine be authentic don't be fake don't waste your time but things don't matter at all at the end life is too short and our soul is too precious eternity is real living for Jesus is what matters the most and Apostle Paul realized that once that call came he said I'm leaving everything behind everything behind oh take the whole world Forgive me, Jesus. No turning back no turning back. That was apostle Paul. He said, I'll give it away right now. And he dished everything, everything. And there was no pity party over what he left behind. He said this is dung, this is dung, this is dung, this is dung, this is trash, this is trash, this is trash. A wise man, truly a wise man, who gave up everything and went after those words of the Lord Jesus Christ, went after the call of God. He was like that wise merchant who sold everything he had in order to get that priceless pearl, the costliest pearl. How do you treat Jesus Christ? How do you treat the gospel? How do you treat the kingdom of God? How do you treat the presence of God? Is it negligible? Are we putting family over church? Where Jesus comes every day, we say, oh Jesus, you are not that important. Are we valuing other things more than the presence of God? Is your belly more important? then your soul think about it think about it god is speaking at this hour 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 we have to listen and we have to do What we need to do? What is my share now? Having heard the truth, what am I going to do? Am I going to do something about it? Am I going to do something about it? We better do something about it. What is more important? What is more important to you? Let me tell you. Family has been given by God to us so that we can use it the right way for Him. If that order is reversed, they will be the very same people who will take us to hell, who will make us lose our call, who will make us lose our soul. Always remember that. Always remember that. Whatever you have here and whatever you try to please here, whatever you try to please here, whether it's your boss whether it's your son whether it's your daughter whether it's your husband whether it's your wife whether it's your mother whether it's your father wherever it may be always remember if it's at the expense of despising the presence of God if it comes at the expense of despising the Word of God if it comes at the expense of rejecting the call of God No, for sure you're making the wrong choice No, for sure you're missing eternity for this present world for all relationships will end here marriage doesn't continue in heaven family relationship doesn't continue in heaven it's all been given by God here so that we can make use of it here to glorify God so that we can be wise stewards of what God has given. If God has given you the children that He has given you, praise Him for that and train them up in the ways of the Lord. Make sure that when you go there, they will follow you and you will have great rejoicing in heaven and whatever God has for them there, that they will be great in the sight of God. That should be a goal. Make sure that's your priority. Make sure you live your life like that. Make sure your children know that God is your priority. God says the sons of this world are wiser than the sons of the kingdom because they make sure they let people know what their priorities are. They don't bend for anything when it comes to things of God. But many, many times God's people throw. Throw away the presence of God. Throw away the word of God. Throw away what God has given. Run! Like fools, many, many times. When we throw away the presence of God, we become fools. The wisdom of God that we have is taken away. Because we throw it away. We trade Jesus for something. I had to tell this to someone last week. I said, so you sold Jesus for money. You sold Jesus for money. Think about that. What have you sold Jesus for? For some people it's money. For some people it's family. For some people it's pleasure. For some people it's to make themselves look good. The net result is sold your savior you sold your savior what are you selling Jesus Christ for you call yourself his child and that you saw him where is he in your life is he the center of everything is he the most important in your life really Are you showing it by action? Paul got beaten so many times. He got back up to go and preach the gospel. That's character. That's a man who gave himself totally for the gospel of Jesus Christ. A man who denied himself, driven by God's passion, was fully occupied by God Almighty, by the Spirit of Holiness. The Spirit of God. God is speaking to our hearts today. How hot are you? How cold are you? How lukewarm are you? Are the questions that the Spirit of God is placing before you. How hot are you for Jesus Christ? How cold are you towards the things of God? How lukewarm are you? May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts this morning. Vanity of all vanities, King Solomon says. Don't live to please your family. You'll be wasting your eternity. If you live to please your family, you'll have many regrets. Later on, live to please God. Live to please God, then your family will come to the Lord. Have the backbone that you need in order to live the true Christian life that God has called you to live. Live to please the one who died for you. And those who see you will follow you as you follow Him. Otherwise, all your talk will be empty talk. Not a dent in the air. So, we can talk from morning till the sun goes down about Jesus. But if it doesn't match our living, It means nothing. We are like noisy symbols, Not musical instruments. Noise, just noise. Because musical instruments, when it's played properly, it'll produce an effect. It'll bring joy. It'll bring peace. It can bring calmness. There's a result that comes out of it. Because music comes from God. Satan takes every good thing and he perverts it. What I'm talking about what God created and what God sustains. But when it's noise, it gives a headache. It gives earache. And people will say, I don't want to hear you speak. Ramble on and on and on. It's a lecture. Why? There's no spirit of God behind it. Whatever you say, is causing me to run away from God. Why? Because God is not in it. If God is in it, then there will be the work of God that will take place. How much are you seeking God? Apostle Paul was praying for these people day and night. Are you praying for your family day and night like that? That's why he was seeing results in them. Don't simply talk. Don't simply talk. God is really looking for people who are genuine, true seekers, true worshippers, people of substance, not hollow Christians, but people who have genuine faith. Men may see your light and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus said. They need to see. If they see, they will glorify God. Obviously they're not seeing. They need to see. They need to see the power of God. Not just hear empty words that make noise. Your life can be a beautiful display of the power and the goodness of God to this world. Or, it can become a noisy, empty vessel. The people will say, I want to close my ears, this causing me headache. What is your influence? And what impact have you had? May God speak to your hearts at this hour. The spirit of truth will always divide truth from lies real from the false. The spirit of truth will always separate the wheat from the chaff the good fish from the bad. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Whether we believe it or not, Jesus is coming soon. And He's coming for a spotless bride. Whether we believe it or not, He is coming for a spotless bride. And Jesus is coming soon. What you do with what you have. What you do with what He has given you. He will require it. From your hands. He will require it from my hands. Are you like the servant who prepared the house and prepared everything and he was waiting at the door for his master to come because he was so happy he did everything? He wanted to happily greet his master? Are you like that? Can you stand before God this moment and say, Jesus, I've done everything that you told me to? Come, Lord Jesus. Apostle John was able to say that. Can you say that? Come Lord Jesus. And many people say that with no fear. If He comes, He will expose the heart. They think that everything is covered. I can just say, come Lord Jesus. I wish Jesus comes come soon and all the problems in this world will get over. Well, when He comes, light will expose darkness. Do you have His light in you and no darkness? What you have, when His light exposes, will it be commendable? May God speak to your hearts at this hour. Apostle Paul, he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. In his absence, his prayers sustained the people. And he rejoiced in hearing the praise reports. And in his presence, he wanted to impart to the people so that they can be established. Do you have what it takes to give? Now, are you praying night and day for your family members? That in your absence, God may do something in them? Are you praying night and day? Is your life right before God so that your prayers can be heard and answered by God? When you're in the presence of your family, are you able to impart into them something eternal? What is your life about? If we're just going to live for this world, we are the most miserable people, God's Word says. If we just think about what to eat, what to drink, what to put on, how much money to make how much money our kids will make and do they have school and did they do well then there are a lot of educated people in hell many scientists many doctors many presidents many millionaires and billionaires But I just fools and were in hell Jesus said there's all fools your soul will be required from you this night what are you going to do many families are in hell Are we preparing our families for eternity? Are we crying over their souls and crying to God for them? Are we interceding for them? You see the power of intercession of Apostle Paul here that sustained, that strengthened the people of God here. You see the power of his impartation here. are you being a recipient of what God is doing here in this church with such anointing that God has placed? And for this season, God has chosen to have you here, limited people, limited people to experience such great power, such great deliverance, such great anointing, such great impartation. Are you being a recipient receiving everything that has been poured upon this church day and night what is important to you? the applause of men what is important to you? the things of this world which is not even going to come to you to the grave you can't even take it to the grave with you people don't even put what belonged to them in their grave when someone dies someone else takes the money from the bank account the money doesn't even go with them to the grave they don't even put that with the dead body and say okay, it's their hard-earned money let them keep it no someone else takes it Can't have wardrobe goes with them no even if they have a wedding band they take it off from the hand of the person oh because it's gold you see What are we living for? If that's what life is. Are we living for this world? Are we living for this world? God wants you to become wise today. To live for eternity, to train the children for eternity. To train a generation for eternity. To honor the presence of God and teach your family that the presence of God is your priority. That the house of God is your priority. The spirit of God is your priority. His word is your priority. It cannot be compromised. Don't sell Jesus for anything. Many people get mad at Judas, but they don't know. They've been Judas many, many times. Judas did it once. Many Christians betrayed Jesus many times. Worse than Judas did. Many people feel sorry for Peter, saying that, oh, I feel his humanness and I know fear can do that. Shame on such people. He betrayed the Lord, means he feel sorry for God Almighty, he, who invested so much into Peter three and a half years. Took him to the Mount of Transfiguration, took him to where he raised the dead. That's what happens. Thieves sympathize with thieves. People who get a zero will sympathize with all those that get zero and get jealous of all those that get an A-grade. people who fail spiritually will look at all the failures in the Bible and try to see how they can justify those failures. But the truth is, it's only going to cause more damage To your soul God is speaking To our hearts today If you want to have No regrets When your life on earth is over Total surrender to God As Apostle Paul did Totally Emptying yourself Of everything As he did making Jesus Christ your number one priority like He did will not only bless you it will bless your generation and all those who are around you we'll make you a person we'll make a lasting impression for eternity in the lives of those around you God will bless you in this world and in the world to come that's the right way of living in this world we have tribulation but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world through Jesus Christ We have Him with us. Night and day He will be with us. If you're with Him. That's the condition. God said. If you're with Him, He'll be with you. If you deny Him, He will deny you. Don't put yourself in a place that God will say, I don't know you. That's the worst place for a person to be in. When they put on a show in front of everybody as if they knew someone and they turn around and say, I never knew you. That's the worst embarrassment. You know why? You might have put a drama in front of 50 people. Maybe you've become very famous and you might have put a show, put on a show before 100,000 people or even a million people. But when God says, I don't know you, it will be in front of billions and billions and billions of people. Understand this. He who separates the sheep from the goat is coming very soon. We need to stand before him. We need to live a life of integrity, a life of humility a life of true love, a life that is genuine before God. I want to read a few more verses before we conclude for this morning. Let's just continue. Verse 12. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. When you hear testimony, this is why testimonies are very important, it brings joy and great encouragement to the servants of God who invest in the lives of the souls, the sheep that God has entrusted into their hands. They give that encouragement to keep going. Not that they're not going to keep going forward, no. More joy to even sacrifice even more. Keep doing more because you see the fruit of the labour. And the testimonies that Apostle Paul brings that encourages the people. This is why we share testimonies from the Holy Spirit leads us to during the meetings so that it can encourage the people to follow us as we follow Christ. To imitate us as we imitate Christ. And Apostle Paul says here, that is that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. The church is expected to bring testimonies because the word is going inside change in the nature change in the way we've been living the fruit of the spirit is top priority to see Christ being formed is priceless we need to be people who produce good fruit not produce thorns and thistles Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren. Verse 13 that I often planned to come to you but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit among you also just as among the other Gentiles. Apostle Paul here says that he tried so much, he planned but he was hindered. We have to understand that hindrances come when we're doing the will of God a lot of times hindrances will come that's why we have to be very careful before we say anything Satan knows how much Apostle Paul had with him to give to the people he didn't want that so he'll hinder he'll hinder with everything that is within his might to prevent Apostle Paul from coming so that he won't be able to impart but Apostle Paul is not giving up here he's praying and he's believing but in the meantime whatever the enemy does for evil God turns for good because when the hindrances were here God had him minister to the Gentiles and he's seeing fruit over there and he's saying I want to see the same fruit over here I want to come and impart to you also so what is the purpose of impartation the purpose of impartation is for the church, the believers, to bear fruit. If God brings the servant of God. As we pray week after week for the hindrances to be broken, whether it's our live streaming or whether it's the pastors being able to be there, which God has by His grace. We have not missed a single Sunday service in all of these years, no matter what happened. Every Sunday we had church. May the pastor That's the grace of God. As we pray, what more can be done? More can be done. We want the whole family to be there. More can be done. We see how many hindrances are there. Hindrances are real. Because what God can do is unimaginable. It's tremendous. So Satan is fighting with all his might. We need to pray. Apostle Paul says often planned to come to you you think he did it on his own? no it was through the spirit of God but there's a battle there's a spiritual battle when the enemy is fighting with all his might does it mean that God is weak? no God says okay you're trying I'm going to do something else that's what God has done This far anytime the Lord gives access to the enemy to hinder it means God is doing something else during that time That's what God has been doing. Every season, God leads in a very unique way. Even in the midst of the hindrances, God has shown us a way what we need to do, and we're pursuing that. God is faithful. I'm a debtor both to Greeks and to the barbarians, to both wise and to unwise. So as much as in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. What is he saying when he's saying I'm a debtor? He's saying, I want to give the gospel to all those people, whether they are educated or uneducated, whether they are Gentiles or whether they are Jews, whatever nationality they may be, whatever background they may be. He says, I'm indebted to God to give them the word I'm indebted to the people to give the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because this is why I've been called. I'm ready to preach the gospel also to you. But the hindrances are there. They need to be removed. And he says, When they're removed, I'll be there. That's why prayer is so important. Apostle Paul is praying and he's also telling the church of what's going on. It's important. That's why when the Lord leads us to say certain things, we say because people need to know. The body of Jesus Christ, they need to know what is going on. The communication is very important. Satan is already very clever in twisting things in the minds of the people, saying, oh, Paul is now preaching only to the Gentiles. Paul is in interest in that. Paul is not coming here. Meanwhile, they have no clue how much Paul is right. And how the enemy is hindering. So Paul is writing here through the Spirit of God to let the people know this is what is happening. And they know. Paul is a good communicator. He carried the Spirit of God. Our God is the best communicator. When He is working through someone, they will communicate really well. Because the heart of God is to dispel all the lies and myths of Satan to show His love and His power how much He cares for us and what He has in store for us and what He wants to do in and through us. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Apostle Paul says this through the Spirit of God. In this gospel that I'm preaching unashamedly, why is he saying that? Because in that community, in that culture, it's not like how we know. We hear about Jesus in the radio and the TV in churches and all over and people know a lot of people with a lot of Christian names and they know Christianity is about Jesus. But in Paul's day, days, this was something very new. This was something that was heretical, unheard of for many people and for many of the people. It was something that they hated. It was foreign to them. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. In our generation, God has called us to be lights, to give the word to those who are around us. In our generation, God has called us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around us we're not facing what Apostle Paul is facing is where we are yet it's a big thing when you feel like oh they all feel offended I don't know what they will think in Paul's days it was beatings imprisonment decapitation crucifixion death that's what Apostle Paul faced. He said, in the midst of bringing this new gospel, he said, I'm not ashamed of it. Even if people think I'm crazy, I'm not ashamed of it. Why? Because it carries power. It is Power. The gospel itself is power. When people hear it, it brings salvation to both Jews and to Gentiles. It's so powerful. Do you know the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know in whose life the gospel will be so powerful? In the lives of those who have denied themselves. In the lives of those who have abandoned everything. In the lives of those who truly follow Jesus Christ. That's when the gospel will be powerful. Otherwise, it'll be noise. If you want to see genuine salvations and genuine work of the Holy Spirit and people really coming to the Lord through your life, you need to be like Apostle Paul. You need to be like Apostle Paul. Truly put Jesus first and put everything else last. Then what you speak will have salt in it you need to really live it out then when you speak there'll be music to the ears of the people then when you speak it'll be true gospel because it's backed up by your true living it'll have power for it For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We as God's people, we live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. faith the just shall live by faith who those who are justified by Jesus Christ and do the right thing before God how does this happen from growing in faith for in it the righteousness of God is revealed How is it revealed? By your actions. The righteousness of God is revealed by your actions. That's when faith is seen. You grow in faith from one level of faith to the other. How? By living a just life. Doing what is right before God in every situation. I'm going to read from verse 18... For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. From verse 18, I'm going to take you to the New Living Translation as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. So I'm just going to switch now. Verse 18 onwards. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 onwards. But God shows us anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. How do people suppress their truth? Every time they do wickedness, they're suppressing the truth. And who is the truth? The Lord Jesus Christ. Don't justify what's happening in your family. If they're suppressing the truth, if they're suppressing the truth, and that's what is happening don't give cushions for those who are suppressing the truth guaranteed they will not get saved when you try to pamper the rebellious in their rebellion and pray that they will get saved know for sure they will not get saved giving it into their hands, giving them into the hands of God so that God can deal with them. And you praying for them day and night and not partnering with sin or partnering with any other wickedness is what is going to turn their hearts towards the living God. Because God is angry with them. God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Verse 19, they know the truth about God because He has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities. His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Verse 21. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Think about it. Why do people go astray? Especially why would kids from Christian families go astray? Why? You see what God's word says in Romans chapter 1. Especially when they know of God. Especially when they've seen. Especially when they've heard. Because they knew God but they wouldn't worship Him as God. Or even give and thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. That's when they would go into other kind of demonic territories. As a result of that, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Verse 23. And instead of worshipping the glorious ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So what's happening in 24? They left God, so what's happening in 24? We see from verses 18 onwards all the way to verse 23, we see what people did to God. Now verse 24, we'll see what happens. What's God doing? So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. What is God doing here? He said, this is what you want? You saw everything and you're still going? Go. Do what you want. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a life. What did they do? They knew... But yet they said, I'm going to go for a lie. And so God says, go ahead. Because I did so much for you. Because you've seen, you've heard. Yet you've chosen to suppress the truth with a lie. You've chosen the wages of unrighteousness. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. Think about it. If you have unbelievers in your homes, you need to really grieve their condition and pray like you never prayed before. Don't take it lightly. God abandoning your kids, God abandoning your sisters, your brothers, your grandchildren, your parents, whoever it is, is not a light thing. When they once knew and they let go, God abandoning them is not a light thing. You need someone to intercede and that should be you. If you want to see them in heaven, you better intercede for them like never before. So God can have mercy on them and turn them towards himself. That the darkened eyes and the mind that they put themselves into, that should be removed. In order for that to happen, you need to pray night and day. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. Their hearts desired. We need to underline those things. If our children are going after wicked things, we have to see it for what it is. Don't sugarcoat that and don't say, that Oh, they're sweet kids. Oh, they're nice kids. No, no. They're not. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going after wicked things. They wouldn't be in a place that they're anti-God. We need to be true. We need to be people of truth. Call it for what it is. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did violent, and degrading things with each other's bodies. While there's so much outcry about abortion... You can hardly hear the outcry that should be there that is actually causing these illegitimate pregnancies. Everybody's crying about abortion. Babies are being killed. True. But you know what? Most of them are coming out of fornication and adultery. It's a vile thing before God. Don't we see what is happening? Don't we see what is happening? Don't we see what is happening when marriage is a precious thing that God has established? A union between a husband and wife is a gift given by God. And Satan has taken that, made it vile, desecrated that. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. You keep fornicating, you keep producing babies. You be adulterous, keep producing babies and everybody cries. You have a whole generation who fornicate and then who kill their children. Then you have a whole generation, another whole generation who fornicate, Christian fornicators, Christian adulterers who produce children and then say, save our children. Is it an insult to God Almighty? Showing our fists right before His face and saying that we will desecrate what you have established and we will also fight to save that. So that it can be a symbol of desecration before you of what we did. Fornication and adultery, byproducts of fornication and adultery. Is it the truth or not? Is what we have to face. What is the church doing? Producing fornicators and adulterers. Church at large. No shame. No shame whatsoever. No shame whatsoever there are people who have come to me and they've said that well, I prayed to God for this child and God gave me or just here, be dumbfounded the person is never married a child born out of fornication they're saying they prayed to God for the child what a lie, what a deception what is this? what is this? what is this we're seeing? where have we brought ourselves to? as a church what is this all those people and their children will go to hell we try to save babies from dying here but you know what we're sending them to eternal lake of fire saving them here sending them to eternal lake of fire fornicators producing more fornicators and adulterers may God have mercy May people's eyes be opened. May people's eyes be opened. May people's eyes be opened. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. Well, homosexual sin is sin. Heterosexual sin is sin. Immorality is immorality, period. If you're watching pornography and standing up against gay rights, shame on you. You're a hypocrite. We need to be true to the truth. We need to have holiness in our hearts. Immorality is Immorality, whether you are heterosexual or homosexual or bisexual, whatever demonic thing that is. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Verse 26 This is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires, even the women turned against the natural way. The way that God created men and women to be, to produce godly generation, the perversion goes further. Verse 27, verse 28 Talks about the utter sinful state of people. Just like how we go from faith to faith, they go from wickedness to wickedness. More wickedness. Verse twenty eight says, Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that they should never be done. Why? Because they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God. And they willingly went against Satan's garbage. So God said, this is what you want? Go ahead. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. You see that? This is not the fruit of the Spirit. No Christian should have this. Backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. God gives people up over to these things when they go against God. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. That's why you have so much perversion. They refuse to understand. Break their promises. Are heartless and have no mercy. See, these are all characteristics of Lucifer. What did Satan do in the beginning? His whole goal was to make Adam break his covenant with God. The Bible says, Adam broke his covenant with God by transgression. And so he was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Breaking promises is a trait of Lucifer. You promise something, you need to keep up with your word. Don't say I promise someone I'll go to the go to their house on Sunday when it's the Lord's day, so I'm not coming to church. Don't you do that? You'll accumulate more sin upon yourself. God comes first all the time and righteousness goes before anything. But your promise has to be kept if you made a promise and it's not violating God's commandments. You must keep it. Promise breakers are followers of Lucifer. Heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those thing, those who do these things deserve to die. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. They know these things. It's not like they don't know. Yet, they do them anyway. Now you know why God gave them over to these things. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. May God have mercy. Those who encourage others to do that and say, I'm not partaking of that, they also have a fair share in God's judgment. May God speak to our hearts today. Understand the times and seasons that we're in. Know that before God we stand. Know that God has given us this time on earth so that we can live an upright life a life that is pleasing to God don't forget the word of God that God has given to you this day Romans chapter 1 should be before you Romans chapter 1 should be before you I want to give you one more scripture the Lord wants me to. And after that, we're going to go into prayer. Romans chapter 1 was given by the Holy Spirit to His people so they know the difference between right and wrong. So that the people of God who are getting this good testimony they know what is happening and to be alert to not fall into the trap of the enemy. Also, not to be confused by the people who make evil choices and feel sorry for them and fall into the same trap yourself. Romans chapter 1 is given to the people of God. By Apostle Paul who carried the Spirit of God. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote, it was God writing through him. He okay, had the anointing of God. And that's why it is part of the Bible. This is God's word, God speaking to us through his word. May God bless us this morning. As we Take heed to what God has spoken. That we don't be among those who fall away. That we don't make excuse for the sins of our family members. That we don't make light of what God has taken offense to. Otherwise there will be, if that's the case, if we make light of That which is very serious before God There will be no hope for our family members Remember that Because unless you see Unless and until you see the seriousness of What they've done against God And what is actually looming over their heads You're not going to really intercede And they're not going to get saved And they'll go straight to hell No point in crying There are many preachers I know of someone When I was in my, I think, 18 or 19 years old A big businessman, both husband and wife were believers. They had two sons. they had a lot of money. They gave a lot for the building of the church, which is a good thing. But you know what? They didn't raise their children in the ways of the Lord. more busy with other things. Both the children. They thought that just sending them to Sunday school, their job was over. Easy way of parenting, you see. Both the children went to college and fell into drugs. They had money. Both the children knew the Word, they heard the Word. They knew God. And you know when everyone knew about the tragedy? When both the children died, in an accident, in a horrible way, in a bike accident, where both their children's heads were severed from the bodies, no one could even identify. Bike meaning motorcycle in <laughs> India or bike motorbike Yes. Yes. now you cry you know that they've gone into a place of no return what will you do with all the money only two children both are gone you know how miserable their lives became not able to forgive themselves activities means nothing activity means nothing if we don't have our act together and have our house together means nothing. We need to make sure that we are secure, that our children are secure, that they are walking with God. That our family is secure, that they are walking with God. We know that. If God calls me home, that my children, my generation will be in heaven and I will see them one day. Or if God calls them before time, we should know for sure that they'll be with God. We don't know. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. We don't know who will go first and who will go next. We need to be prepared all the time, make sure that our kids are prepared all the time. People are keen on getting savings for their kids for college. Meanwhile, they are not concerned about their soul. If they die today, where they'll go? Out of foolishness. And these are believers. Keen on things pertaining to this world. But when it comes to things pertaining to God, it's virtually little to Absent. Suddenly something happens, suddenly a tragedy strikes, and they say, Oh, where is God? Why did God all this happen? I prayed for their salvation. Well, if you really prayed for their salvation, then they would have been saved because our God hears prayers. There's nothing wrong with God. Always remember there's nothing wrong with God. And there's nothing wrong with His word. It's the truth. He is the truth, His word is the truth. We have to face the reality. We have to face the reality. I want to finish with this as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We'll read from verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to to acts of love and good works. And read it again. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. His word is always true. His word is the truth. You can always trust him. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. This is talking about believers. Every single person in this church should care about the spiritual well-being of the other brother, the other sister in the church. If you're a woman, care about women. Don't be burdened over men. If you're a man, be burdened about the men in the church. Don't be burdened about the women over there. There are plenty of women to take care of them. The boundary, the line has to be maintained to keep yourself pure and holy. God is faithful. You need to be faithful. Motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Very important. Stir up the next person. Speak words of encouragement. There are evil spirits that are working to see how it can rejoice in the fall of another believer. They're happy. When someone falls, when someone gets hurt, they're happy. That's the spirit of Lucifer. Make sure you don't have it. When one member hurts, The rest of the members should feel the pain and pray. When one member is diseased, the rest of the members should work towards it. And pray. This is why God has kept the body. It's the body. It's not independent. Organ that's functioning by itself somewhere. We're all knit together. That love must be there binding one another, love of Jesus Christ. Verse 25, very important. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. What is the Spirit of God saying here? Don't neglect coming to the house of God. It's not talking about having social tea party times over here. It's talking about the house of God. Don't neglect coming to the house of God. As some people do. There are some people who come when they want to. They'll come when they don't want to. They, don't, they won't come when they don't want to. There are people who go by feelings. God says, don't be like them. Be regular. Come into the house of God so that you can receive what God gives through the servants of God to impart into you, as Apostle Paul said, so that you can be established. Don't do like some people do, neglect the presence of God, the house of God. Those are self-sufficient people who say that I don't need church, I don't know, I can do it myself. I can pray myself and I have my preachers and I listen to the TV and I watch the videos. And... <clears throat> well, you're never going to grow. You're never going to grow. If God has kept His local body where God has and plugged people in, to be ministered by the servants of God, the shepherds of God is placed over that church release what he has given to that pastor for that congregation so those are just wandering all over and going here going there and you know listening to this one today and listening to that one tomorrow and this is my favorite preacher here because he preaches what I want to hear and, and I go here and I go there and I go all over wandering. You really can't receive anything that God has make sure You know who you belong to, where your house is. Know your door number. Know your family. Make sure you come to the presence of God. That place that God has for you, make sure you meet regularly. That means whenever God calls, whether it's a fasting prayer, whether it's a Tuesday Bible study, whether it's a Sunday service. Meet regularly. Don't do like how some people do. But encourage one another. For what? To tell them, make sure you go to the house of God. Make sure you go to the house of God. There are some people who are very self-sufficient. Like I said, two minutes ago. And there are other people who see that and they don't say anything about it. Well, you need to be your brother's keeper, your sister's keeper. If you don't see someone coming, wind up. Encourage them. Tell them to come. If they don't come after that, then it's between them and God. But you need to have the burden to pray for them. Don't be a busybody getting to other people's business as well. Be someone who genuinely care for your brother or for your sister. Pray and encourage the way God wants you to. Especially now that the day of His returning, or return is drawing near. Jesus is coming soon. It's very important because God prepares His bride which is the church for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are no people who are hanging loose by themselves are going to be taken when Jesus comes. But would be part of the body of Jesus Christ, the church. He's coming for a bride without, a, without spot or wrinkle. You need to belong to the body of Jesus Christ, the church that God has given. Be under the fivefold ministry and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit that needs to develop in you through the anointing that God has placed on the shepherds. But as they come, they release that upon you. It's necessary to be established. Without that, you can't. You can sit for 30 years, 40 years in a place where there's no anointing and still not grow and be the same way. Or you can feel like you have something. You know, there's some false hives. There are people who have water retention in their bodies and they'll have the weight that they have and they'll feel like, I'm good, I'm good. Meanwhile, it's all water. They're sick all the time. There are many believers like that, sick believers. You just say, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. False assurance, false hope will bring us tragic ends. But when we understand that God has given us His truth so that we can escape from the false and really live the truth and move out of error and make the choice to move into the truth We won't be ashamed in His coming. We won't be ashamed if we have to go before He comes. May God help us as we look to Him at this hour. With all that the Lord has spoken to us today. With all that God has spoken today. Church is a place it carries the fire of God, true church, I mean, True church. It's a place where the true fire of God is there. It's a place of sanctification, purification. It's a place where faith is imparted, grace is imparted, healing is given, help is given. It's a place where the disease of the soul is removed. It's a place where sinners are exposed. Is a place where God's judgment is revealed. Is a place where God's forgiveness is given. Is a place where restoration takes place. Is a place where life is. May God help us today. May God help us today. As we go into prayer, I encourage you to read the rest of Hebrews chapter 10. Read Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to just read it once, and you go home and read it. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, which is you've heard so much today. There's no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There's only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume His enemies. But anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. God doesn't say, well, you're not under law, you're under grace, so you go free. No. Read verse 29. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. someone says God made us holy, we are holy. We can never become unholy. Show them the scripture. Yes, God made us holy. But you can choose to become unholy and treat the blood of God with contempt. And bring the wrath of God upon yourself. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge and I will pay them back. He also said, God will judge his own people. Memorize this if you can. The Lord will judge His own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all of you, when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. There's another key, circle it. This is what made them to do what they did, which was to persevere, which is do the right thing. Verse 35. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember, the great reward it brings to you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay and my righteous ones will live by faith again we are saying that the just shall live by faith but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away the Bible says God will take no pleasure in those who draw back but we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction, the word of encouragement here we are not like that so don't do it, be careful We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. I want to uh, emphasize this last verse before we pray. Whose souls will be saved? Whose souls will be saved? The faithful ones. Whose souls will be saved? The faithful ones. If someone says, if you just call in the name of the Lord, you shall be saved, tell them, if you really call in the name of the Lord, your works will show that you are faithful. Only the faithful ones will be saved. And it goes right along with what Jesus said. He who endures till the end, that the same shall be saved. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Equals, those who don't draw back. Equals, those who don't backslide. Today must be the day you have to say with everything that is within you, I'm not going to turn back anymore. I'm not going to take the grace of God and treat it lightly anymore. May Romans chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 10 be etched in your spirit for the rest of your life. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you, 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 thank you Jesus, 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 hallelujah. Father, I pray that this word that you have given to your people this morning may impart life and strength in the name of Jesus. Let it impart life and strength in the name of Jesus. Let it impart life and strength in the name of Jesus. Let it impart life and strength in the name of Jesus. Let it dispel darkness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you for what you spoke, Father. Suddenly you spoke. And you spoke what we need to hear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you will continue to minister to your people. They take your word seriously. For it is serious business. Oh, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? Hallelujah. No point in crying over your dead son or your dead daughter, your dead granddaughter, your dead grandson. Or your dead husband. Or your dead wife. Or your dead mother. Or your dead father. Or your dead self. Once it's over, it's over. Once it's over, it's over. Once it's over, it's over. No matter how desperately you may try to evangelize after that, No matter how desperately you may say, Oh, how I wish to say. And how I wish to show them that this is the truth. You will not have that opportunity. Today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day. The Holy Spirit says, today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day. Is the day. Let's see what you'll do with what God has given to you this day. Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. The longer you close your mouth, the Satan will keep your mouth shut until he takes your people away from you, once and for all, once and for all, to a place where you can never see them ever again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the change begin with you and make you into an agent of change. Give yourself over to the Lord. I'm going to mute myself.